0: Welcome to episode three of Football Gentron. I am your host, Autumn and I am joined by, of course, Chodence and Armin. And today we are going to be talking about uh, something that happened. You may have heard of it. You may have not. But uh, Armenia won the UEFA Nations League group. We're going to talk about group winners. group winners. We are group winners. We can actually say that now. Uh, we're going to talk about the match against Macedonia. We're going to be talking about what this means for Armenia's future uh, and a little bit of the stuff in between that made everything possible. So let's start up with the lead up to the game. Armenia had defeated Georgia. We got all three points. It was one of the most intense games I have ever seen in my entire life. And I'm sure my co-hosts can attest to that. Yep. But Sagi's Adamian scored that winner. We went crazy. And then we're like, one more to go. But then we wake up in the morning, or morning for me, afternoon, evening for you lot. And we get some news. Oddman, what kind of news did we get? Not good.
1: <laughs> Not good. <laughs> <laughs> But we're, we it's kind of sad that we kind of got used to that. But the great thing is how we overcome those. What are the news? Okay, Adamian. We were talking about him. The hero, the big hero, Sako Adamian. He got COVID. Like, wah. Yep. And uh, <laughs> he he was not the only one. There were also Kevor Kazarian, the other goal scorer, the first goal, beautiful goal, against Georgia. And um, in my opinion, the most important after Sako, Andre Chadeshir, he was also out with COVID. Three starters from the last game out with COVID. So we had to deal with that.
0: Yeah, and, and on top of that... Uh... We already knew. We no Mahitarian. He was in self-isolation because of uh, his club. Didn't let him go. Didn't want to take the chance and release him. Probably a good call at this point because I'm pretty sure the entire squad has COVID at this oh, point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bayramyan, uh, who had a minor injury, so he didn't join the team. Babayan, before the first game, COVID. He got it. it he was lost. out. Uh, Briasko Balakyan. Uh, Huracan didn't let him go. Probably the right decision again. If we're <laughs> looking at it, we lost both our backup goalkeepers. So at this point, we're like a good like ten people in our squad gone. And yeah, we, and we like- had to get, we had to deal with that like all of a sudden,
1: especially Adamian, Gazarian and Charles Sheer. That was like it's always uh, so crucial times that we have to deal with the uh, issues.
0: Yeah, and we and we did because uh if we look at the scenarios that we have, it wasn't looking like it was going to be in our favor much. But Chodens, break down the scenarios for us. Before this match, we knew we had all these people gone. We had injuries. We had COVID. We had this. We had that. But what did we need to do in this match in order to top the group?
2: It was a definite win. That's what we needed. And. The win would just get us the three points and top of the group, of course. Uh, the guarantee would, uh, the guarantee second place would be with a draw, which we still wouldn't want that. And of course, the loss is second place if Georgia won with less than three goals, or a draw or a loss, which we wouldn't uh, rely on any other team. Of course, it's a game of football, and you don't know what happens. So what we needed was a win with all the situation that we had.
0: Yes. And uh, fortunately for us, after the fact, uh, of course, we didn't look at the the scores during the games. I think at halftime we looked, but Georgia and Estonia ended up drawing nil-nil. So either way, Armenia at minimum was going to get second place. But we were looking forward now and we're thinking, what kind of lineup is Kaparos going to put out? I, we had originally all had different ideas, different speculations. <laughs> I thought yeah. he would switch back to the 4-2-3-1. He, we had Sako Adamean in form. He was gonna start up top. It was gonna be great. Um, but we were met with a far different lineup. So let's let's start by going through it. So Kaparos decided to go with the 442 that we saw in the georgia game so at this point we all knew as soon as we saw the formation didn't even have to see the personnel we knew it was going to be a bunker down defense counter-attack game that's it we knew we were going to have at most 40 percent of possession and we were just going to rely on our players getting the job done uh, armin walk us through the front half of the line
1: making his debut there was hagop hagopian and we weren't sure which Hagopian it was before the game, right? Because <laughs> the the official national team uh, account on the internet uploaded Hagopian, okay, but without any initials, and we were speculating over whether it was Hagop or was it Robert. Turns out it was Hagop Hagopian, a guy which I love how he plays. We were talking about him too during the last podcast. So he made his debut as uh, kind of a old school left midfielder, and mm-hmm. uh, he was given more defensive roles rather than attack, but he did both. He was given freedom too. Uh, he was just great. I mean, I honestly, I loved the his performance. I honestly were was more inclined to like him because I like how he plays naturally. But uh, this game was proof of that. There, I mean, he was a flare pass, very solid performance for a debut. Then on the right side of the midfield, there was uh, Gran Palsekian, very solid as always. Uh, what a group stage! What a season for Tico. At ten, we had Arshak Korian returning to the starting lineup. Uh, we knew he was ready. it too. And as always, he didn't disappoint a great game, another great game for this kid. Arshak Korian. remember his name. He's just getting started, but he's going to go a long way for us. And last but, last but not least, our sole striker, uh, man of the box, uh, <laughs> Sasha Alexander Karapetian. I don't know why they call him Sasha, but it's. Working for him, his scoring, <laughs> his performing—I love this guy. I honestly love our Arminia
0: McGregor. Yes, and <laughs> that front line was set up, set up to do a specific job, and that's something we'll get into a little bit deeper. The defensive midfield saw the pairing of Grigorian and Udo. This was the same pair that started the match against Georgia. Udo had a very solid performance in that game. We really liked how he played. We think he did a fantastic job. And he was going to have a similar role in this game. Grigorian has been... Uh, what a lion. Yeah, I mean, he's a player that a lot of people tend to complain about because I think it's an easy spot to point out a weakness in our squad. But the his performances throughout this campaign have been wonderful but let's take a look at the back line the the change the back line Chadance walk us through it
2: we specifically had uh Charles here uh changing uh, for Voskanyan uh yes. due to the COVID um we also had uh um Camo for uh Hovannisian yes. um
0: they're they're both Hovanessian last names, so it gets confusing. Our yeah, mind. it gets confusing. Um, so, many honest, so many <laughs>
2: <laughs> To be honest, I got confused as well at the start. Yeah. Um, to be honest, though, I was actually uh expecting uh no complaints here, but I was expecting Bichak Chan to start, but uh I'm I'm like you guys said, I'm so happy with Korean as well. Uh, he's been doing well. Uh, but the changes uh due to COVID were i think fine Mm. uh specifically the defense we actually kept the clean sheet which was uh something that i i I specifically mentioned before uh and aram you also mentioned uh, how our defense has become stronger
0: yeah yeah and i think that comes down to coaching because if you ask any person that watches armenia and if you tell if you say the name Voskanyan, i think every single person would literally like like cringe Mm. (laughs) i think they would i think i I kid i'm very positive every single person that saw this starting 11 their eyes automatically went straight first to boscanian because they're thinking oh my god please no not now not (laughs) Not this this match and and then secondly it probably went to Hakopian and said who is this guy (laughs) so there was a lot of personnel changes, but not a lot of stylistic changes. Yeah, uh, good point. Yeah, we we think the 4-4-2 was kept likely because of the lack of personnel. I think if Joaquin Capros had other players that were healthy, we would see a slightly altered lineup. I think more of a 4-2-3-1. We wouldn't see this false 9 situation that Cordiano was playing, uh, who is kind of like an interchange between a 10 and a false 9. And he had a lot of freedom to move around. But the game plan was very clear. It was sit back and counterattack when the spaces open up. Hakopyan, who made his debut, plays naturally as a left wing back for his club side, Uradu, in Armenia. Uh, so one thing that was probably very clear just from looking at the team sheet was that he wasn't going to really be present in the attack, and rather that would be Udo or Wobemar in the second half who would push up into those spaces. Koryan, as we mentioned, was the false nine. His job was literally to just run. That's all he had to do. Run around and hound the defense, put pressure, and try to win the ball back. So, yeah. We it reminds at, me of Firmino, actually,
2: in the 4-3-3 system. Just yeah. quickly, just pressuring uh, as much as possible.
0: Yeah, and that that's exactly what he had to do. And he did a wonderful job. I'm sure he probably wouldn't have been that happy with his performance. He wants to score. He wants to assist. But... Mm. The 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 walking kaparos way as we've learned in this nations league is team above any individual. And speaking of team, we look at the Macedonia lineup. They had as many missing starters as we did. They their misses included the captain Goran Pandev, who scored that crucial goal uh, against Georgia which saw them qualify for the Euros. They were missing Elmas, Aliyoski, their starting goalkeeper, Nosirovski. So they had a ton of players out as well. And they came out with a five at the back formation. So we knew that this was going to be a game where they were going to try to fill the spaces. They were going to try to suffocate us when we had possession. And that's essentially what they did. So the match kind of started very similar to how Georgia was. We saw a lot of possession from Macedonia uh, in the, about the first 20 minutes, but they weren't really able to make any clear chances other, other than a couple shots from very long range. I'm talking 40 yards out or so. There were pop shots from free kicks and whatnot. But the first chance of the game fell to Alexander Karapetyan. Armen, what happened there?
1: Yeah, well, it was kind of an open game. Even though, as you said, Macedonia was holding mostly uh, possession for themselves. They were trying not to make mistakes after their the loss of so many starters. They lost even more starters and more important ones than we were missing. So they kind of were trying to keep the ball so they wouldn't uh, make mistakes. But... Luckily enough for us, they did. Our boys, even with all the issues we had to deal with, they pressed the the Macedonians off the ball. They stole the ball several times, and they got shots. They created chances. As it was so important in the last game against Georgia, they did the same this time as well. So a ball goes uh, right to Karabedjan, right to Sashita. And the guy shot a very uh strong and uh direct shot onto the goal unluckily i mean sadly the siskowski was the goalkeeper this time and he made the save it was a very hard save and uh i honestly i was already screaming that goal <laughs>
0: so yeah yeah it was a, a tough uh, moment yeah, yeah. And so that that kind of just led to Armenia having more possession throughout the yeah, first half, open up. creating more chances. Uh, Macedonia kept trying to create the spaces and keep the spaces tight, rather. And they forced a couple of great saves from Ryuchenko in that first half from free kicks. But overall, the first half was kind of dull. Chadens, would you say that Macedonia looked like they their whole game plan was to just play out for a draw?
2: I wouldn't be sure what they were planning, but I would definitely say that it was to play. They came to they 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 wanted to play, and they knew what we had at stake. So for them, it would have it was a, a strategy uh, where they would focus on just consistently trying to attempt whatever they could. Which actually, that's what they did in the first half. That's why they had more chances. Statistically, you would you would get scared because of that, but uh, I think we held them off well.
0: Yeah, I think they I think they created three more shots than we did in that first half. But Armenia had the they both teams rather had two shots on target. So it just goes to show you that again, similar storyline to Georgia. They had all the possession. They created a lot of shots, but there wasn't any yeah. meaningful shots because they weren't given the space and opportunity to play down the middle like how they want to so halftime comes along we're sitting here wondering okay wasn't a bad half wasn't a good half we had an opportunity we know deep down one more opportunity like that and we're going to put it away we could score the goal uh I wasn't sure if Kaparos was going to make any changes at halftime but lo and behold in the beginning of the second half we saw a double change this is the first time kaparos has actually done this i believe he brought on Wabemar angulo for udo Wabemar, being more of an attacking minded center mid uh he would help the press he would help push up and open and open more spaces uh and then uh, in my opinion what was the more puzzling substitution was taking off our forward karapetian for vahan Bichakchan yeah. which I think we can all say we are ecstatic to have Vahan on for 45 minutes. That move saw Tycho move up to the striker, and we didn't necessarily have a formation change, uh, but Vahan was on the right wing where Tico was, or the spaces that Tico occupied, and Koryan was still in that false nine until he was subbed on, uh, subbed off rather later. So the second half starts, Armenia's looking a lot better, creating a lot more chances. Uh Artak Grigorian was winning the ball in the midfield, great recovery, great distribution. Suddenly we look like we have control over this game for the first time. And <laughs> before before we knew it, Armenia were up one nil. Armen, walk us through that, how that goal happened.
1: The goal was as we were talking about all about Pressing, pressing leads to counterattacks. Counterattacks lead to goals. Well, that's what happened. We were talking about game plan. We were more hungry, and that hunger was what led uh, their defense, the Macedonian defense, to, lo- to lose the ball. So th- this uh, right back, he let go out of the play. He lost the ball. He was kind of uh, – Bahan grabbed it. Uh, Ka- sorry, Kamo. He throws it to Tico, right? He then Tico hits it back to Kamo. So somehow he placed uh, the ball to Vahan. Vahan, the substitute. I mean, Vahan. It wasn't just this once. Vahan created chances all around the, all over the second half. So yeah. this time he slides it to Han and We're gonna talk about another. Uh, filtered pass from Bahan later on, but this one was to to Hovo on the right. As uh, I, I mean, Hovo was running all uh, match long. I honestly, I, I don't know how Hovo keeps uh, he keeps fit. He just he always
0: finds uh, a run. He I, never gets tired. And I, uh, think, <laughs> I think I think right before this goal happened, I want to say two three minutes before in our group message. You you had message saying, Hovo looks tired. That's I remember yeah. saying this. And then I, yeah, said, I, remember now. I said, I don't care if he's tired. He has to push. <laughs> <'Cause his hand laughs> and, he and he did. And he did push. Yeah, and he got the ball, obviously. Vahan gave a fantastic, fantastic three yeah. ball. Hovo took a bit of a wonky, poor touch, honestly. So it he's took a him right a little back. wide. Yeah, he's a right back. on You don't <laughs> really. He he probably got a little too excited, and he kind of just chipped the ball. Right. It was it was kind of like a. I don't know if this is a cross. I don't know if this is a <laughs> shot. <laughs> whatever happens, happens. Whatever happens, happens, and literally everyone missed it. Like that's literally how, what happened. Three players missed it. Ovo. How yeah. not to love How not to love Hovo? I mean, he kept pushing. Yeah, and he did it. He got that ball over. I think one of the defenders, like, flung himself, got a boot on it, but it didn't change the direction. It just yep. popped it over the second defender who was sliding in to try to block <laughs> it on the goal line, and it just goes into the side netting. Boom. Armin is up 1-0. It's like it was meant to be. That that <laughs> That's I, – I would hate to phrase it that way, but because we never, ever have luck like that. <laughs> But it literally looked like it was meant to be because the we're creating all these chances. And and the next one that we're going to talk about is a great example of this is like the stuff that should be going in was just not. Uh, Come on. Was, yeah. There was like a poor touch or something here and there, a bad decision. And the, the one that the one time it was just left to chance that uh, yeah. Hobo just <laughs> kind of said, you know, screw this. I'm just going to. It the and score. then
1: we missed the, the easy one. We missed the easy one.
0: Yeah, we did. We did. Uh, Chanins, talk us through the chance that we had immediately after scoring to make it 2-0. What happened there?
2: Oh, it <laughs> went quite uh, unexpected, really. Um, so, uh, Vahan, uh, he slipped it to Camo with uh, a nice, brilliant pass and uh it 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 just went through the two central defenders and uh Camo continued by taking the touch and he, he he tried to get it through the goalkeeper's legs but he actually saved it so that
1: 2-0 just it just it went
0: to be. away yeah it, it was and that was the opportunity and i think even the commentator It and, slipped from our fingers it did it did slip from our fingers and then <laughs> I remember thinking one of two things on like one, why is that not Tico? Why is Kamo from left back all the way up there right now? And then two, I remember thinking, oh, this is it. Like they're going to they're <laughs> going to they're going to score right now. They're going to tie it up. We're going to get second place. We're going to be mad. But um it's not quite how the story went. Vahan I could say comfortably continue to control the match. He pulled all the strings when he came on in that second half and he put on a fantastic performance. I think one thing we can zone in on was like how confident this kid is on the ball and how easily he turns and fakes out multiple defenders simultaneously and relieves pressure with a simple pass. Very very similarly uh, to Hakopyan, actually, while he was on the pitch yeah. during the game, he also genuinely uh, surprised me with how well <laughs> he was on the ball. I looked at Hakopian, I thought, "There's no way you're telling me this guy <laughs> is this calm, confident, composed." I think he even did something crazy, like he did like a back heel pass at one point. Yeah. I think he yeah, did he a let spin at one point. And I'm like, you're telling me like there's no way this kid plays in the Armenian Premier League. Like he looked so good out there. And I think I think he's a player that if any scout was watching that match, uh he would be one of the players that, that got picked out from that game because he looked so confident on the ball. But back to Vahan, his he showed his passing range, he showed how good his vision was, his ball control. Uh, his ball retention his ability to create space i think he the in the in the limited amount of game time he's had in this nation's league he has really shown what he's about and i think he's giving the rest of the team a run for their money because clearly kaparos doesn't see him as a 10 kaparos sees him as a false nine or a right winger Uh, so he's gonna have competition with Koryan, adamian barcerian (laughs) three players that are probably going to start almost every single game if they're fit right
1: yeah, Not, but they're all versatile. They're, they
0: can all work several positions. Exactly, and and that's what and that's what Kaparos likes, right? That's exactly why we saw, uh, why we saw the starting lineup we did. That's exactly why Hakopian started. If it was us, any of us, we would as mm-hmm. we would have we would have put Vahan on that left side for sure. No, 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 no doubt about it. But Kaparos likes players that can play in multiple positions that can play multiple roles. So if he needs yeah. to make any sort of adjustments in the game, those adjustments get, get made and they get done and it gets done well. And, uh, that's of course some, something we'll get into when we, when we talk a little bit more about the manager later, but the last eight or so minutes of the match shot Macedonia was piling on the pressure.
2: Well, yeah, they had to score. So, uh, uh, va uh they continued on uh, they continued pushing and pushing and pushing of course to like you mentioned before uh to get a draw but uh they definitely did not do that and um we had uh, vahan uh, getting the last second uh, the, of the match getting a nice chance uh it was a single counterattack but the two defenders caught up to him and uh, he, the shot just went wide so nothing so major close. but something yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's, so that's what we're talking about. Even even though I think there was two more substitutions made, two more defenders came on. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, midfielder was taken off for a center back, and left back was thrown in. We had a very very defensive minded team, and then Vahan basically that was it. That was literally what was what was left. And <laughs> uh, even even though that was the case in the last fifteen minutes of the match, we still created several chances yeah. purely purely on counter attack and the and and the press. But Lo and behold, after four minutes of stoppage time and an extra minute that the ref added on, finally the whistle is blown. Hmm. Armenia win 1-0. Armenia have officially topped their group in the UEFA Nations League. Let's get Amazing. a round of applause. I couldn't believe it. I know Armin couldn't believe it. Chad I know you couldn't believe it. Theo, who's not with us today, but you'll hear a little bit from him later. He couldn't believe it. For the first time in our lives, we saw Armenia top a competitive group. (laughs) I still can't believe it. How did that feel at that moment when the ref blew the whistle? Well,
1: I still can't believe it, Adam. (laughs) So that's how it feels. Uh, I don't know, man. It's so surreal. The way Kaparos is handling all this, this team, I mean, he is this guy, this Spaniard who comes to a completely random nation for him, right? He is yeah. turning our luck around. Yeah. I mean, he's uh, he's giving the luck of the Armenian a whole new meaning. In uh, is that, <laughs>
0: yeah. is that even a phrase? <laughs>
1: the luck the of, luck the, of the Armenian? Huh, yeah, in yeah, Armenian we, yeah. it is. We stole but it.
0: We stole it from the Irish, right after they cheated yeah, us out of the win in Euro 2012 <laughs> qualifiers.
1: Exactly. Yeah, but exactly. Uh, the, on, on the contrary, as they as they mean it, as the Irish mean it. But not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah. Uh, going back to Vahan, I mean, I wanted to pitch in on on Bahan, This kid. Wow. In, uh let me wrap Vahan and put him in the in a three player. Uh, trident, right? Hagopian, Vahan, and Korean. Those three kids, they're young and also so very talented. They were discovered by Kaparros basically this last um, uh, season. And during this month, uh, to the, the double game, I mean, it was so good. Th- th- they were th- so great, the three of them. Talented and most of all, um their personality they don't feel nervous even if it no matter the situation we needed that for so long and now we got it with the this three kids uh i'm
0: so happy about the future so happy yeah and and <clears throat> we look at the squad that we had if you look at all of the three squads that were called up for for the six match days drastically different personnel and chadence as, as a As a coach yourself, if you're if you're having or finding yourself missing players here and there, but you're still able to pull off a result, how how is that psychologically for a manager? How does a manager do that? How does a manager handle missing so many key players, but still somehow figuring it out?
2: I think it's a psychological uh, aspect but at uh, the, the, the main point of it is keeping it with the belief that your team is going to perform and your team is going to go all the way. And I think that's what we did. So I think Kaparos knew that he had faith and everyone else had faith in him. It was uh, a combination of both. And that's what you need to have. You don't need to rely on one specific player or one specific system of play and that's what he actually did in the game he changed so many times the system he knew he had that he would believe he would win this game yeah. it's all about the belief it's all about in the mind that's why yes. i truly
0: believe yeah so the, the he he got the players buy into the system and i think he got that uh I think he got that early on, and I think he got that from those first two matches, uh, the loss away to Macedonia and the win at home against Estonia. I think he won their trust during those matches because I think it show, he said to these, the, this group of players, which no Mukhitarian and no Adamian for, for those first two matches. And I think he said to this team, it doesn't matter that we don't have Mukhitarian, It doesn't mm. matter that we don't have Adamian because we are a team. We're not a player. We are a team. And I think that's I think that's what had every player immediately bind to the system. I think players like Koryan, who were hesitant to join Armenia, who were a little bit skeptical, (laughs) definitely feels a lot better now. Right. Because suddenly, you know, next Nations League, he's competing with Russia, who he played Russia, you know, youth youth for Russia all those years who he wanted to play for. Yeah, who he wanted to play for. he yeah, his his uh, his options were Russia and Armenia. He ended up coming and playing for Armenia, and now he's at the same level, arguably, in the Nations League now as as Russia. So I, I think would players, agree. Yeah, I think players like who came in a little bit skeptical are are believers. But let's yeah. take a look at at uh, Don Joaquin, as I like to call him. <laughs> Break down his statistics. During the Nations League. So, so far, he's only managed six matches. Uh, two of the friendlies that we are supposed to have during this time got canceled. So, all six matches were competitive. His record so far, three wins, two draws, one loss. We come five games undefeated at this point. The only game we lost was that first match at, away to Macedonia, 2-1. All three goals were penalties. Uh, we didn't play that well. And we still looked almost pretty much better than Macedonia did. So oh, yeah. we had nine goals scored during this contest. All nine goals were scored by different players. No player scored more than once. We had nine different goal scorers. Team, team. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> There's no I in team. Exactly. Goes back to that team mentality. We had no Henrik Machitarian, our star player for 4 of the 6 matches the first never two he never of him yeah <laughs> the, the first two matches he decided to not join the team last two he couldn't come because of covid uh middle two he played both matches we looked okay we didn't look great we didn't look we didn't look bad though we drew we didn't look special yeah, yeah not special he he wasn't that game changer that i think Kapatos expected him to be um And all three of the wins we had in this Nations League were without him.
2: Let that sink (laughs) in.
0: Yeah, we didn't. I'm enjoying the moment. All of the commentators were saying, Henrik missing Mkhitaryan, Henrik this, Henrik that. And don't get me wrong, I think we all love him. I think he's a fantastic player. He's like probably one of my favorite players of all time. But I think this isn't Henrik Mkhitaryan and friends anymore. (laughs) <laughs> that's not what Armenia is, and that's what that's what big media outlets will still see it that way. But that's definitely not not the case, and 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 this is this is evident. I mean, literally top the group without him. And I'm actually I'm actually wondering
1: if the opposing teams kind of like uh, plan their whole game against Armenia, counting on Mkhitaryan to play. I-
0: Right. I think they did. I think they did. Because if you look at the, the team sheets against Georgia, I think this is I, I was thinking about that this morning. And I'll and I'll I'll bounce this right back to you guys to get your thoughts on this. But Georgia had an opportunity to bounce right back from losing that final. They could have played a full strength team and they could have beaten Armenia. They could have played Estonia on the last match day and they could have won that match. They would have topped the group. Easy. They would have topped the group. But I think they saw oh Mukhtaryan's not going to be in the squad. We don't need a starting, We don't need our our full strength to win this game, right? They kind
1: of rested their two star offensive players, but even then, I mean, their their supposed starters, the the, the replacements, were also pretty solid. And even then, they couldn't do anything to a to a non-Mukhtaryan Armenia.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I think that's that's where a lot of these teams fell, and I think Macedonia had a similar thing, where the, the coach said, okay, you know what, we hit our goal, we qualified for the Euros, he let a bunch of players go back to their clubs, he said we don't need you guys, it's easy, we're taking on easy, we're, easy Estonia, easy Armenia, we'll win this group. And it didn't turn out that way, right, Chalens?
2: Not really. Uh, I think what it went uh it wasn't as we expected to be honest um but we're still happy with it i mean i'm happy (laughs) of
0: course i'm happy but if you're if if you're a manager i mean you're a coach so let's get this let's let's get coach chadens mentality on this if you're a coach and you have an opportunity to win a group why would you rest starters
2: definitely you wouldn't but the way it happened with all these uh with all that's going on with covid what they had um i think we dealt with it well yeah. uh so you, you wouldn't you wouldn't rest the starters of course um but you need to have faith in what you're going to do
0: exactly and i think that's something kaparos did that the other that the georgian manager didn't do that the macedonian manager didn't do he i mean of course macedonia has their successes they qualified for Euros. can't take anything away from that but when it comes solely to the nation's league he instilled that belief in the team and the team really bought into it and they are buying into it and it's only going to benefit us from from here on out but speaking of the players let's start with armen Pick one player from Armenia's squad. Could be any player that is featured for Armenia during this Nations League campaign. Who was the player for you in the Nations League for Armenia?
1: Not Machitarian. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Now, seriously though, no. one player. One player. Give me uh, one player. That's that's a toughie, um, Bato. Yeah, no question, Bato. I mean, hands down. Uh no goals because he's a center back, so he kinda goes under the radar. But what a captain. He's my captain, no doubt.
0: Yeah, and he actually got a red card today in his uh, match for Tombov. He got sent <laughs> off in the sixty well, seventh. It's
1: not the national team, so
0: Yeah, it doesn't oh, matter. My God.
1: Yeah. yeah, he
0: he was a commander from the back. He led what we could say is the most stable defensive line we've ever seen from Armenia ever. Uh, and I think he did a fantastic job organizing the team. And I was very critical of him in that first match because he played very poorly, but something, I don't know what it was. Maybe it could have been a one-on-one he he had with Kaparos that we yeah. don't know about that we aren't aware about, but something happened at some point and his perspective... he's living up
1: to his potential yeah
0: yeah and, and you it... know what he is only 28 years old exactly and i think we have him good for a world cup cycle we have him good for another euro cycle we can we can definitely expect more out of him and, and center back is a place that we are thin on so as long as he could stay fit and healthy he can benefit us uh, Charents, one player for you throughout this whole campaign. Who was that star?
2: Kaparos, even though he's not a player. Uh, it's because of what you said before uh, that he, it's because of his training that this defense was transformed. And it's not only the defense, there were many disadvantages that we faced. And I think if he wasn't there, we wouldn't be able to. To go even with uh, two wins, maybe. I think two wins maximum we would get if it wasn't uh, because of him. So those draws would have been losses. Uh, It's because of him. It's because of him we're actually proceeding. It's because of him that we have a team.
0: And on to the next one, on to the World Cup. Yeah, and I'll go ahead and answer this one. So I was torn between two players. uh, But the more I thought about it, the more the answer kind of became a little bit obvious to me. For me, the player of this tournament, of this Nations League campaign, was David Yurchenko, our goalkeeper. Mm. Previously, so good. In the past seven or so years since Roman Berezovsky's retired, we haven't had that presence in the back. And I can I can say I know I've said this like the past two episodes. This guy is a godsend. He is literally the best thing that has happened to this Armenia team because he's added a layer of stability. And like you said, Chardens, if this guy wasn't in goal, those two draws against Georgia and Estonia guaranteed would have been a loss. Guaranteed. Any other player we had, any other goalie we had, yeah, I don't, they would yeah. have let in goals. This guy single-handedly has done so much in not only preventing balls from hitting the back of the net, but also organizing that back line. I think Kaparos has given him a a sense of responsibility and he's constantly yelling and badgering and directing his back line to always be in uniform, to always know where each other are, to always be aware of their surroundings. And he does not shy away from it. And I guarantee you that, has helped and he's another one of those players that he had the opportunity to play for armenia years ago but he didn't he's 36 now he's nearing the end of his career he's a very very well experienced keeper he played in the top flight of russia almost his entire career so this guy made three amazing saves in this macedonia match alone he cleared the ball several times he had a lot of accurate passes he only mm. con- he conceded six goals in six matches, so on mm. average of one per game. However, he kept two clean sheets, and three of the penalty three of the goals he conceded were penalties. So this guy only conceded three goals from open play in six matches.
1: We have gotta start having future goalies, though. I mean, I yeah. love Yurchenko and how he's like owning up to the team. But uh, he's not going to be around forever. He's, as you said, he, he's 38, uh, 36. I mean, players like Ivasov have to
0: start living up to his to their potential. I don't know if we're necessarily going to see that, but I know we have a couple of talents in the pipeline. One that I know of that I, I've spoken to him on a couple of occasions, uh, Varjan Hovanesian. He's from San Diego, California. He currently is a youth goalkeeper for Rayo Vallecano in Spain. Wow. So I think he's someone maybe, hopefully, potentially... Uh, I know he's been in talks with the Federation for representation. He wants to play for Armenia. His heart is not anywhere else. He's a very Go proud... Armenian. So if, uh, I think the players are there. We also have a couple players that play... Um, uh, young keepers that play in Russia and Kazakhstan that are Armenian. So the, the, the talent is there. Uh, it's just having that person having that yeah. personality that Yurchenko is bringing that command of the back line uh, but we can't talk about players without talking a little bit about Tico and Baserian he had one goal and four assists in the UEFA Nations League the most assisted player in all of the Nations League all of them one yeah, of the beast. Most goals four four assists Animal. Yeah, so uh, you know who was behind him on three assists? Lorenzo, um, Lorenzo yeah, Insigne. Insigne from Napoli. Yeah, yeah, a, a guy. A t- I guarantee you, everyone who coaches and scouts who are looking at the st- statistics from this Nations League campaign are looking, looking. How is this guy who plays in Kazakhstan have the most assists? That's <laughs> a guarantee. That's what they're thinking.
1: Yeah, to be fair, Astana is not a bad team as we were saying in the last podcast. I mean, they play they Europa League. They say for instance, in the Russian Premier League, Astana could totally play.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure they can, but again, people don't think uh of elite football yeah. doesn't come to mind when when you <laughs> say Kazakhstan Premier League. Yeah. But um, before we move on, uh quick shout out to the defensive line uh, this defensive midfield, rather, that we had in this campaign. Uh, I think Angulo was very solid. I think Udo was great. And I think Artak Grigorian exceeded all of our expectations. Hero. And without him, I don't think we would have won these matches. Hero. He's a I'm hero.
2: First, yeah. A small shout out as well to uh, Sevilla. If there are any uh, uh, fans or Sevilla fans or any Spanish, uh, yeah, we they posted uh, on Twitter uh, for Caparos, yeah. uh, so thank you to them. If anyone from Sevilla is actually listening to us,
1: gracias yeah. Sevilla, gracias.
0: Yeah, Sevilla, of course. Uh, where walking Caparos had spent a lot of his time as a manager on a couple of occasions. He was the uh, sporting director there as well before coming and uh, leading Armenia. So thank you, Sevilla. You are now our favorite team in, uh, in Spain, <laughs> <laughs> officially. <laughs> uh, until Vadojan starts, uh, starts starting for Rayo Vallecano, then they will be our favorite team. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so looking ahead, Armenia topped the group, 11 points. Second place, Macedonia with 9 points, Georgia on 7, Estonia on 3. Armenia is promoted to Division B, in the UEFA Nations League. This was Armenia's first time ever winning a competitive group. We are now confirmed top seed in pot four for, sorry, top seed in pot five for World Cup qualifiers. Uh, we thought we were going to get into pot four with a win. Some other results that we needed to go our way didn't go our way. So unfortunately yeah. we, we are in pot five for World Cup qualifiers. That means uh, we are going to have a heavier group, uh, I would prefer a group of six teams or five teams, but we'll get into that a little bit uh, later in a few weeks whenever the World Cup qualifying draws happens. Armenia is now undefeated in five games. As I had previously mentioned, three wins and two draws has never happened in our history before, so that's a first. We had nine different goal scorers during this campaign. Again, unprecedented. We usually have to rely on whoever's up top to score our goals or... Henrik <laughs> but we're looking into the future now what does topping the nations league group mean what do these results mean for the near future of armenia and for the distant future of armenia chotins uh
2: pretty big things in simple words um well we're going to have the the world cup as you mentioned so uh it's a pretty it's a big push for us. Um, I think we're going. There's a long road ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should hope for the best.
0: Yeah, and like you had mentioned, uh, World Cup qualifiers around the corner. Winning the group actually means that we have a shot at an alternative path to qualification. We have about eleven teams ahead of us. Uh, that need to get first or, first or second place in their groups, in, and we would have an automatic playoff berth. Now, that's not guaranteed by yeah, any of stretch course. of the imagination. Uh, we can break that down again in the World Cup Qualifiers episode that we'll be doing. But it's an alternative path. It's an opportunity. But we just won the Nations League group, and we're moving on to League B. League B has a lot more attention on it than League C and D. Definitely, definitely. So we're looking at more exposure for our players. We're looking at our players being broadcasted on international television more often because we're going to be playing against better opposition and now that some League A teams have dropped down to League B, we have some big we have some big heavy hitters in League B now and Armenia is going to be in that mix more TV time more eyes on them, more coaches, more managers, more scouts, Armenia is going to be getting a lot more exposure. Mm -hmm. So, other than that, we're also looking at higher competition. Armen, we are going to be facing some way bigger teams. How is that going to benefit us? In many ways, but one thing. I mean, Division B is like the
1: real deal so we cannot slip up we cannot make any more silly mistakes i mean uh, this year this season luckily we didn't we saw a lot of uh, defensive stability and responsibility um it was a very serious team all throughout the season even when with covid uh, lack of practice and uh, most of all the war that hit us there, everyone, everybody suffered COVID, COVID, so that's not pretty much. That's not an excuse. But uh, the war in October, plus Heno in the squad, I I say the squad looked kind of patient, but. The rest of the of the season we were fair winners of this group with no slip ups no mistakes mm-hmm. in defense now we got to step up our game as we're gonna step up in the division to division B so yeah we got to be very careful i mean division B is is, is no is very dangerous
0: let let me let me run through some of the teams that are currently or that will be in division B in the next nations league oh I'm boy I'm already scared that up so oh, we're looking boy. at group Group one, Austria won the group, so Austria is going to League A. But we have Norway and Romania. They're in staying in group B. Northern Ireland relegated down to C. Czech Republic won the group two. They're going up to A. Scotland and Israel staying in Group B. Slovakia, okay. who we have wonderful memories with. Uh, they're going down, <laughs> to, <laughs> down to C. So no, we can't face Slovakia. Group three, Hungary won the group. So they're ooh. getting promoted. Russia nice group. and Serbia uh, are staying. Ooh. Those are humongous teams. Yeah. Relegated from Group 3, Turkey. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> group 4, Wales, got promoted. So Finland and Republic of Ireland, our are arch <laughs> Are <laughs> are staying in Group B. And Bulgaria, in my opinion, surprisingly... Relegated yeah. down C. So mm. and then from group from League A we have Bosnia, Iceland, Sweden, and as of now Switzerland, but it can change because of some something between Ooh. Switzerland and Ukraine. Those four teams are relegated down. So Bosnia, Ouch. we we've we've played them, we've beaten them. Iceland, yeah. s- amazing team. Sweden, yeah, <laughs> team. Switzerland, amazing team. So we're talking. <laughs> We are going to be coming up against some good teams. Heavyweights. Heavyweights. But it's not a bad thing. No. 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 no, no. Because Plus, it's not. we can beat half of them. We can, and 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 we will. And I'm telling you, and we will because That's we so we have proper management, and we no more Gibraltar away. That's done. That's done. The days of Gibraltar, the the, the days of Macedonia away are done. The days of Gibraltar away are done. No more Liechtenstein. It's over. You know, we're we have leveled up. But another big takeaway we could take from getting promoted is that Armenian players, diasporan Armenian players who play abroad are gonna be more inclined to play for us.
2: This is your call. Whoever is listening, this is your call.
0: Yeah. So we're talking about the Tiknisians, the Avanesians, who are ethnically Armenian, who are yeah. born in another country because they're Armenian diasporans, such as ourselves, who play for youth in other countries, like the two I had mentioned play for Russian youth. This is an opportunity for them to look at Armenia. Not as a lesser anymore because that's not what we are. You know, we're we are going to be the small fish in in League B. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying I'm not going yeah. to win League B. I I fully don't expect us to win our group, no matter what our group is. As long as we're not relegated, I think that I think we can consider that a success in League definitely.
2: B. Definitely, definitely. So, as a first time going in there, yeah, I think we can consider that a definite, uh, huge pass.
0: And 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 I think another huge attraction for these players is going to be the philosophy and the system and the manager. So right now we're looking at a Joaquin Kaparos who has a great philosophy. He has mm. a system. He has a plan to succeed. And he already has one case study on why his decision making, why his management is going to be beneficial for Armenia now in the near future and in the long term so hopefully yeah. those types or this winning this nations league group is going to have much more long-term effects for armenia because i hope it attracts more players and makes these diasporan armenians want to play for armenia
2: because That's a definite it's huge what it,
1: it's what i call a virtuous
0: cycle
2: explain yeah
1: Explain uh, yeah yeah as opposed to uh, sorry, there's a vicious circle when a bad thing leads to a bad thing and so on and so forth. this is the exact uh, the, the exact opposite a vis- uh, virtuous circle win creates win creates win winning is a habit and if this re- these results come with a process which it's exactly what's happening, it's long-term uh, virtue.
0: Yeah, exactly. So we have, we are going to start getting to the habit of winning. Hopefully, we have a successful World Cup qualifiers campaign. We will get into that, obviously. And we will also have a little bit, not a little bit, a very lengthy conversation, I think, on future players that can play for Armenia, that have yeah. the option to play for Armenia, and that I think are maybe looking at it a little bit closer than they were before because of the recent successes. So, I think it's safe to say that that concludes the UEFA Nations League. That concludes our episode today of Football Gentron. We are very excited. We are very happy. We are very proud of this Armenia team and everything that they have accomplished so far. We And we are group winners. We are group winners. Yeah. But with that comes a lot of responsibility and comes a lot of expectations. And Definitely. I know the manager knows that. I know the players know that. And but I think we have a cause for celebration. I don't think it's one of those moments that we could say, no, we can't celebrate. We gotta look on to the next thing. We have a little bit of time until the group uh until the group stage or World Cup qualifiers start. So we can really enjoy this. And yep. I think I'm correct in saying that, and Joaquin Kaparos had confirmed this in his press conference, this win was for every single Armenian because of the difficult year that every Armenian has had, uh, everything that's happened you? Armenians in Armenia, in Artsakh, around the world. This was one of the very, very few positive lights to come out, but you're going to make me emotional, bro. I, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just saying, at, at the end of the day, there's two things these people can't take away from us. One, the fact that we are Armenian, and we always will be. And two, that we're group winners, baby! Woo! Yeah. Group winners. Wonderful, wonderful, fantastic. Well, that's going to conclude today's Football game, Run. Charenz, Armin, thank you for joining me today. Theo, thank you for uh, your future contributions you're going to give us. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, that's it. We'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye.